0: Welcome to the Understanding Jesus Podcast. I'm Pastor Troy Richards, and with me is Mr. Evan Federhoff. Welcome, Evan. Thank you. And Austin, the engineer, is uh, guiding and directing everything that we're doing. This is our last podcast of the season. Season 3.5 is coming to an an end as we head into the Christmas holidays, and uh, and it's a great one because mm-hmm. uh, we are going to look at the Minor Prophets. I'm going to look at Joel, and and Evan's going to look at Amos, and uh, we are going to deal with some questions in the Book of Revelation yeah. as everybody wants to do at Christmas time and uh it's it's just uh we hope that you are going to um to stay with us and and, uh, and if you uh, if you enjoy the podcast and uh, we we're not going to be back till january 10th but mm-hmm. uh or 12th actually is when the podcast comes out but the uh, but we encourage you to go back and listen to some previous podcasts we've covered we cover the bible three mm-hmm. times so yeah. um and so evan you want to say something
1: yeah so um, the other, that's uh, what I was gonna say is that there's lots of podcasts to go through. Um, and obviously we're gonna be off for two weeks, so um, if you guys are feeling down during the time that you're you're not able to listen to Understanding Jesus podcast on your average Thursday morning or or tune in for the live stream on Tuesdays, um, there's also a really good sermon series that's come out this last little bit. It's it's the familiar stories of uh, the Christmas story, but it's going through it in the same way that we would with other texts. So mm-hmm. I I think it's a little bit special and and interesting in a different way because. A lot of times when we go through stories, um, it takes a little bit of background and and Mm. going through to understand them. Um, It takes a second to kind of catch up with the story and the history that's going on. With these, they've been able to kind of – I think that uh, you've done three of them, and and Tim Miller did one. Yeah. And um, and when we've gone through them, there's not much backstory to be done because everyone knows the Matthew and Luke stories the accounts of The Christmas story. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's very easy, but it's a little bit less peanuts and a little bit more – of the uh of being able to go through it and, and dissect the scriptures awesome
0: so. well good deal yeah and and so yeah listening to our past messages all it's available on our website at fbcja.us. Mm-hmm. but uh, we're going to come back and unfold the things we discovered in our reading this week and so uh, share with your friends contact your relatives mm-hmm. and we'll be back with understanding jesus Welcome back to the Understanding Jesus podcast. Evan and I are going to take a moment and look at what we discovered in the Word of God uh, this week since it's our last podcast of the year. We actually, actually, Evan, you can talk about anything for the rest of the Bible here and uh, yeah, if, if you want to, but but you you've selected something specific. It's too late, yeah. From Amos. So yeah. since you chose Amos, I'm going to go first because Joel comes before Amos, oh, so if you. that's okay. So anyway, I, I got something from Joel chapter 2. And uh, it says, and this is from the New King James, because that's what I read out of devotionally for my own personal reasons. Uh, It says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and, 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 and in the earth blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, in the, and as the Lord has said, um, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. Joel two twenty-eight through 32 and that, uh, that passage may be familiar because it's what, uh, Peter spoke, uh, used, referenced when he was uh, preaching at Pentecost as, uh, God was, uh, again, pouring out his Holy Spirit. And, and that was the, that's what he's saying. That's this has been fulfilled as that, uh, the Holy Spirit is being poured out at Pentecost. And I, I think that, uh, one of the things that st- strikes me about this is one, the statement, those who desire salvation in Christ will find it. Um. The. uh, I mean, what an incredible statement. Those who call, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. And uh, and and he's saying that as as judgment is is apparent. uh, If you want God to save you, uh, He will save you. It's it's very much like uh, the Titanic. The Earth is the Titanic, and there's a lifeboat, and all you got to do is say, "I want to get on the lifeboat," and God's like. Absolutely. That's what the lifeboats are for. Yeah. And, uh, and, but if you absolutely want to, you know, play music as the Titanic sinks, uh, then you're more than welcome to do that as well. Uh, and, and it's, and from a, a believer's perspective, it's so, we have such a difficult time even grasping. Um, so what's the downside here? You know what I mean? It's like, okay, we, we go to heaven and we get to be, uh, we, we have a, a God who loves us and takes care of us. It's kind of like saying, um, uh, hey kids, do you want to go to Grandma's house? She has fresh cookies for you. Okay. And you're going. Eh, nah, I don't know. I'd rather. I think I'd rather stay and do mow the yard or yeah. something like that. And and you're like that doesn't make sense. If you love Grandma and you love her cookies, it's yeah. like and that's absolutely the greatest thing ever. Yet uh, I, I think we also have to remember that that's the problem with the world is they've never had Grandma's cookies mm. and they don't know Grandma. And so there's a lot of mistrust, a lot of uh, obviously deception, bad information that's been given, and sometimes just a a a heart that is estranged from God that doesn't like God, doesn't love mm-hmm. God. And uh and because it's like they don't I don't even like your grandma kind of thing. And And so when we're sharing the gospel, our goal is not to make everybody like Grandma. (laughs) I'm really taking this analogy far. Uh, But our goal is to just simply tell them who Jesus is. And and so we don't make them like him. Uh, We're just like, hey, this is who he is, and this is what he's offering. And if you desire it, there it is. Uh, Joel is also prophesying, though, that the Holy Spirit is going to be a huge, that he's going to pour out his Holy Spirit. And empower us with the ability to do that. And and why that's important is because of deception, because of the enemy's schemes and tactics, uh, God is also promising that I'll overcome that, that I will give them clarity. I will give you uh, the ability to speak. I'll give you the ability to speak in their language. Uh, I'll give you the ability to communicate. Whatever is necessary to communicate my goodwill toward people, I will empower you to do so. And uh, and and he tells us if they reject it, then he uses the fact that he made every effort to save them as part of their judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, but we but we never have to think that it can't be done, that we can get to these people that we our message can't be understood or whatever. That's the, the beautiful part about it is that everybody can have the opportunity to be saved. I, I think the I've never I'm trying to let me be careful with that statement. I'm, I'm pretty confident that I have never encountered um, someone who—that there was somebody on somebody's heart that they said, I I really want this person to be saved, yet they could not communicate the gospel to that person. It's always been the gospel has been communicated, and that person just doesn't want the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so the frustration has not been, I don't know how we can get the message of God to these people. It's been more, I don't know how we can get uh, them to trust in Jesus. Um, now, on a worldwide scale of people i don 't know I do know they 're unreached unengaged peoples um but i don 't know those people and i mm-hmm. you know i I know that they 're out there uh so that uh, to me that that is the mission challenge and I believe that uh and what you hope and pray is that God puts those people on someone 's heart so mm-hmm. that they begin thinking about them and uh and and i what the stories I love is when i I remember there was a a story of a person who there was a group of gypsies that he was burdened for and uh and was but didn't even know how to reach them connect with them or whatever Mm -hmm. but he told this amazing story of how god worked all those things out where he did connect with them and they came to a saving relationship with christ and it just reaffirmed that when god is trying to reach a group of people he comes to a believer he puts that people Mm -hmm. just like he has all through the bible he puts that burden upon a believer's heart and then and then motivates those people to to go and uh share the gospel and then and then there are people within that group, a remnant usually, not, meaning maybe not everybody, obviously not everybody within that group is going to get saved. But, but there are people within that group that he wants to be saved. And, and I believe the word teaches us that there are people from every tribe and tongue uh, that, that he desires to be. It's kind of like Noah's Ark, uh, how he had two of every kind of animal uh come up on the ark because he wanted to save them i think Mm -hmm. amongst people i I think he's saving people from every tribe and tongue uh so that we will all be represented Mm -hmm. represented uh in the kingdom for all uh eternity uh but um but anyway that's kind of the that's kind of the the deal so anyway yeah
1: well kind of on the jump side what you said too the um the believer side of things um you Mm -hmm. know you're, you're saying everyone who God intends to reach will be reached. But on the other mm-hmm. side of things um God will use believers if they're faithful to go share the gospel. So right. um the story of Jonah is I think um as, at least in my experience the story of Jonah is is kind of rare. The the yeah. idea that that God would wa- would choose a person to bring a message and then the person would run away and then God God would pull them back and him still mentally yeah. retreating would go to the place that he did not want to go and yeah. share the gospel. Um and and in my experience with people and seeing um, others saved and things like that, um, it, it, God uses faithful believers that, that want to be included in that in the message of bringing to others.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thank and you. I well, I don't I don't know that Jonah is rare as uh, I, I because I've I think Jonah. Jonah represents a place that many of us get to. That's
1: true, yeah.
0: And uh, it's not a lifelong experience, but it yeah. does take – and I don't think it was a lifelong experience for him. Yeah. But it was – the story is so potent because Jonah um, – and I love Jonah. In our reading, you do Jonah all in one day, and so it's, yeah. uh, I like that because it's a four-chapter book. But anyway, um, but, the, but Jonah didn't want to go there because he was afraid that God would – yeah. Jonah was very familiar with what we're just talking about. Yeah. That God put the burden up on his heart, mm-hmm. that he had a message to share, and mm-hmm. it's like mm, that means God is trying to save these people. Yeah. And I don't want these people to be saved. Mm-hmm. Uh and that was just revealed the hatred in his heart. But 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 in fairness to Jonah, the Assyrians had been extremely evil to it's his people. Brutal, yeah. Yeah. And say it's it would be very much like a Jewish person in, in Nazi Germany yeah. being called to go minister to the Nazis, you know, yeah. and uh, and God having a plan of redemption for them. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, mm, not so sure that I want to be a part of that. Uh, and uh, and probably that story has actually happened in some people's lives. But the but the thing is that, um, well, Corrie Jim Boom was a great example of that. It was a Christian, obviously, but she had called to share the gospel with one of the prison guards who mm-hmm. had tormented her, her and her sister. And uh, yet uh, God showed her that this is what my redeeming love is yeah. all about. Um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, it just again it shows this the idea that that when God puts a, that when you begin to sense that there is a person or a group of people who are lost and need the gospel, there's a reason why you are feeling that or knowing that. Not everybody's feeling. That. In fact, no, yeah. there may be no one else who's feeling what you're feeling for that yeah. group of people. That I means you're the you're the one. You're the one that God the, is saying one, you yeah. need to be the one to go and, and uh take the message to them.
1: Yeah. Well, from that I'll, I don't have a really smooth transition like we do some some weeks it some weeks it just, it's just slides. It slides it, in, yeah. It's like um
0: But Amos does come after Joel. Yeah, it does come
1: <laughs> after it. So I, I guess that's that can but be a good and, and
0: but the, it it is the Joel and Amos are two very are two completely different messages. And, yeah. and and uh you know, we get a next week it's Micah. Um but uh, it is uh what what we're currently reading. Uh, and again, uh, I thought it was interesting how in one one prophet says you should uh, mm-hmm. beat your plowshares into swords, yeah. and the other one says you should beat your swords into plow. You're gonna beat yeah. your swords into plowshares. Yeah. But um, anyway, that's just uh, but that's right. that just shows the different phases of what God's yeah. plan is. Yeah.
1: Well, and and to give a little background to Amos, I mean, if we go to Kings, um, this is during the time of Jeroboam, mm. um, and so they. They've had a lot of military success. um very actually not that dissimilar from where we're at in America right now in right. a way. Um, they've had a lot of success and finances, and and they're very um they're very wealthy. Um or they, some of them are very wealthy. Um others are not doing so hot. Um they um they have people who are um have kind of run out of of money in some ways, and they they're being sold into. Um, some some form of debt slavery and um, and that's kind of where we pick up in chapter four here um, the the book of Amos really hits hard on the people of Israel and how they are not being faithful to what God has called them to do um, God is telling them that he's their people or they're his people and um, uh, and they they haven't been faithful to um, him and they, they aren't being faithful to each other so uh, I'll read verse 1 to 4 or 1 to 5 of chapter 4 in Amos. If you guys want to pull it up, I'll be in ESV. I'm on my Bible today instead of my, my phone Bible instead of my regular Bible. But if you guys want to read along, um, hear this word, you cows of Bashan, who are on the mountains of Samaria, who oppress the poor, who crush the needy, who say to your husbands, bring, what, uh, bring that we may drink. The Lord God is sworn by his holiness that, behold, the days are coming upon you, when they shall take you away with hooks, even the last of you with fish hooks. And you shall go out uh, go out through the breaches, each one straight ahead, and you shall be cast out onto, uh, into Harman, um, declares the Lord. Come to Bethel to, and transgress, to go, Gilgal and multiply transgression. Um, bring your sacrifices every morning, your tithes every three days. Offer sacrifice of thanksgiving of uh, that which is leavened, and proclaim freewill offerings, publish them. For you do, for you love to do, O people of Israel, declares the Lord God. So I kind of want, to I guess, hone in on verse four and five, and and then kind of, I guess, sort of apply it to our our today. Mm-hmm. But um, four and five kind of just they outlines what it looks like for these people to go and they do the things that God's told them to do. So they go in and and it, they look faithful. They um they're doing the things that um generally were told to do. I a example for today, you know it talks about sacrifices and offerings um and for us, you know we give our tithe maybe we we show up on sunday morning we we do the things that that seem like we need to do these things on a regular basis um not that they're bad things and and God does command us to do many of the things that we do on a regular basis um meeting together and and um and the Bible talks about praying together, meeting together, eating together and and um and tithing and things like that but but um within that, like our, our, um, our role as Christians and in this case, the Israel as people of God, um, is not to, um, uh, they, they've not only, or they've done those things, but they also on the backside of things, aren't following what God's told them to do at all. Right. So, um, and that's very easy to do within, I think the modern Christian church. Um, I mean, I, I fell into, um, this on more than a single occasion where you, where you do one thing, and then you say you'll do one thing, and you make everything look correct, and then right. you don't look correct on the backside of things.
0: Yeah, and, and and actually is a good segue because Amos is a great example of someone who is, um, who was he's not a prophet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a a, a a shepherd. Yeah, and uh, and from Judah, and and God called him to go to Israel, which mm-hmm. they were enemies, and so you have this guy from Judah who's being called by God to warn Israel to repent or else they're going to go through an enormous amount of yeah. suffering. Um, and uh, and so he's being obedient and just mm-hmm. going. But And I love it. I love the book of Amos for that reason is because it's like he's like, look, I got <laughs> yeah. I'm here because God told me to tell you this. You do with it what you want to do with it. Yeah. But uh, but uh, in, in chapter five, he says to seek good and not evil uh, that you may live. Yeah. And uh, and and really, that is uh, that's what God does is he's he's just looking and saying, look, I just you're going to die. And I'm just coming to you saying, uh, hey, if you don't if you don't stop going this direction, you're going to walk off a cliff and it's going to be devastating. And so Mm -hmm. God's just warning you uh, about what's going to happen. And and it's not. It's not a testimony of. This is one of the things that really shaped my theology early on. Is I used, you know, I used to try to. I made myself feel guilty. I made others feel guilty by saying, if you don't go and share the gospel with those people, mm-hmm. they'll never hear the gospel. You know. Mm-hmm. And I had to step back and think, is that true? Does that mean that if the person who shared the gospel with me had gotten up on the wrong side of the bed that morning, and so forth, that I'm going to spend an eternity in hell, and God in heaven is just going, man. They really if let only, me down. If only, if if not, only that person had got up, then Troy would be okay. And I thought that that can't be right. And then you realize, then you go back to the Word and you look and say, oh, that's actually not what the Word teaches at all. The Word uh, is God who pursues yeah. me, and He just looks for willing servants. It's like it's not that God, that Moses would have thwarted all of God's plans if Moses said, you know what, God, forget it, I'm not yeah. going. Uh, is uh, God would have raised the story would have been different because yeah. God would have raised up somebody else besides Moses.
1: Yeah. John six talks about it too.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like we we have. Um, so it's not it's not that if you don't go share the gospel that mm-hmm. those people are going to die and go to hell. It's yeah. that God is saying, hey, I love you enough. I've got a plan to reach these people, mm-hmm. and I want you to be a part of it. Right. I want you to be included in that process. Your salvation is not dependent upon it because your mm-hmm. salvation is dependent upon what Christ did, not what upon you did. But I do want you to be involved in this process mm-hmm. for me, because it's 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 part of you knowing who I am. And if you don't want to go, then there is reason to pause and go. Do you really belong to me? Are you really even my child? You mm-hmm. know, if you have no desire to to follow in the steps I've given you, if you have no desire to be obedient mm-hmm. and do my will. So
1: part of the gift as adopted sons is that we we get other gifts alongside that. Um, yeah. We we get gifted with the task of sharing the gospel and. Right. Um, I know some people don't see it as a gift, but it it truly is a gift that we're allowed to take um or take part in the salvation of others, which yeah. is um the sharing part. Um,
0: i I had a friend who uh, was an article in a newspaper, but uh, he is a friend of mine who uh, was they were sharing his story, mm-hmm. and he had um he had been he was going to meet a friend at McDonald's, uh, and uh, and so he got there uh he was ordering his coffee and the guy called and said, Hey, I'm not gonna make it. I'm leading a couple different people to Christ and and he's like, Oh, that's okay. He goes, he goes, you know, that's more absolutely that's the priority. He goes, and I'll just be praying that those people, you know, that they get saved as a result of your conversations. And a guy next to him that was standing next to him hearing that phone conversation approached him and said hey i heard you on the phone talking to a guy Mm -hmm. about getting saved and he said you know we were been part of this tornado thing or whatever and lost everything he said but we've had just countless people from churches coming to us and sharing with us Mm -hmm. and giving us and, and and showing the love of Christ to us and so forth and he said so I'm just he goes but I've never been a person who really understood God or or really thought or thought about it, sought it out and he said I just wonder if you'd explain to me what it even means to be saved or to mm-hmm. be a part of this uh just because he was so overwhelmed by the love that had been shown to him and that story is so great because it's not a uh one guy goes into McDonald's and shares Jesus with somebody's story mm-hmm. it's a a lot of people show Jesus to a person mm-hmm. And then that person, and then God has a, another, a a closer, you know, Mm -hmm. basically an evangelist to say, uh, you're the guy who's going to explain what all this previous stuff, but, Mm -hmm. but all of them were evangelists. All of them were part of the evangelical process Mm -hmm. of communicating Christ to somebody by showing acts of love to him. And, and, and he did not, uh, he didn't just think these were random people who came and showed acts of love. He connected the love that was being shown with the love of Christ. Right. So they they were effective in, in, and 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 I think that's really important. It's mm-hmm. not just feeding hungry people. It's feeding hungry people in the name of Jesus. Right. So that people know the reason I'm doing this is because of my connection to Jesus Christ. But but that that there were so many of those people I know who are not gifted in sharing the gospel or even or yeah. communicating. But but yet God used them in a great way.
1: Yeah. A lot of our job as Christians um, doing ministry is um is availability. Um, yeah. yeah. That that we um. That we aren't running away from God, you know, in the, in the Jonah story, running away from doing what we were told to do, and instead of we're um, we're actively seeking opportunities to share the gospel again. And yeah. I, I I know for me and my own personal experience with that, it it's so easy to find opportunities to do it if you look even just the tiniest little bit.
0: Yeah. So. Well, that that uh, that's our time in the minor prophets, and uh, I know I've shared this before, but just uh, just in case anybody ever wonders what uh, why they're called minor prophets, it's just the size of the book. They weren't Joel and Amos aren't aren't like in the minor leagues compared to Isaiah and Jeremiah. Uh, They, I'm sure that one's just as faithful as the other. In fact, maybe the guys who wrote shorter books were more faithful. I don't know, but uh, it's uh, it's it's their major prophets are just Mm -hmm. because they have big sized. Large books and yeah. the uh, and the minor prophets have smaller books, but uh, but anyway, we're going to come back and we're going to look at some questions in Revelation. Everybody loves to talk about the book of Revelation, so that's how we're going to close out the last podcast of the year by dealing with uh, these some questions from
1: Revelation. Yeah, if you didn't hear now, you ought to wait until
0: that's right next, next year. Next ne- yeah. December, yeah, December, whole or you can go back and listen to previous podcasts. We probably touched on something there, but yeah. but anyway, here it comes when we return. This is our last segment of the understanding Jesus podcast, where we look at uh, questions that arise in the reading. And while no one wrote this question in, it is a question that has been asked, uh, actually in the book of revelation, so many questions are asked of people all the time, uh, about the whole thing. And, uh, and so I wanted to highlight, uh, one particular portion in revelation, uh, chapter six. And, uh, and, and and it starts, the opening of the fourth seal. It says, when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come, and I looked, and there was a pale green horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following after him. They were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill by the sword, by fam, by famine, by plague, and by the wild animals of the earth. Then he opened the fifth seal. I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slaughtered because of the word of God and the testimony they had been they had given they cried out with a loud voice lord uh the one who is holy and true how long until you judge those who live on the earth and avenge our blood so they were each given a white robe and they were told to rest a little while longer until the number would be completed of their fellow servants and their brothers and sisters who were going to be killed just as they had been, then you have a six seal and a seven seal and, and et cetera, et cetera. And you have and and you have seven seals, you have seven trumpets, you have seven bowls. You have uh, this theme that's repeated about throughout Revelation. And I'm not trying to say. Let me let me just preface this by saying I do not know what it means. I uh, no, we don't nobody knows until it's fulfilled. Uh, but there are lots of different takes on uh, Revelation. I, I always let me just say that I, I would be wary of anyone who says I figured it out. Here's how it all unfolds. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I've had so many people over the over my lifetime who've come to me and said, I know when uh, Jesus is coming back. And they said no, and they'll even say, He says no man knows the day or the hour, but that doesn't mean we don't know the year. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's great. Uh, but uh, I I think the uh, there was a book is this, that, this year? there was a book that came out in 1988 called 88 reasons why jesus is coming back in 88 and it sold crazy people were like oh you gotta read this book gotta read this book gotta read this book um did not sell as well in 1989 as it did in 1988 and crazy enough he did come out with a book of 89 reasons why jesus is coming back in 89 and it sold some not as much uh and i it wasn't. I said so. Is the 89th reason that he didn't come back in 88? So it has to be 89. Uh, but uh, then there was a whole group of people who thought Jesus was coming back in the year 2000, and yeah. that all these things were going to unfold uh, then, and and really stake their reputation. Some people, some very reputable Bibles teachers, and and, and so forth, said he's going to come back in 2000, and it's like we just don't ever learn from that. And then you had the Mayan calendar thing, 2012, that that's going to be it, and so yeah. forth, and obviously that's come and gone. Um, and so. It, what happens though is when you say this is what all this means, and this is how it's all mm. going to come come to play. What happens is is that when it doesn't turn out that way, then people are like, ah, "You don't know what you're talking about." So it's mm. it's much better to have a, a little bit more of a humble approach uh, to say, "I really don't understand. We, we don't. We can't know until until Jesus till the till the part where Jesus gets the, back the day or the hour. Yeah, the, 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 the that that that's this is it. Yeah. Uh, what he, the point is is he's warned us that it's coming that it is going to come. And Peter tells us to the Lord, a day is a thousand years. And so it's like we we don't have a timeline on it. Uh, The the word itself informs us that it could be a very long time. Mm. The last days are just simply the time between Jesus's first coming and his second coming. That's Mm. the latter days that we live. That's, that's, I think we're, there's a, a good consensus mm-hmm. of understanding that we we have this. The kingdom is already here, yet it's not yet fulfilled completely until Jesus finishes it. Mm-hmm. And so, whenever you say, when you hear passages say in the latter days or in the last days, uh, that's what it's talking about. We are in those last days, but we've been in those last days for two thousand years ever since Jesus came. Uh, but uh, it, but one of the things that uh, just an interesting take to me is when I read Revelation, to look at it that it's not being told chronologically as it is being told from perspectives. Like like I'm looking at things that are happening, and then John is taken in the Spirit and moved to a different viewpoint, as if you are looking at the same thing, but from a different direction or from a different aspect. When you see that he's moving around and then sometimes those timelines overlap with one another, and and like in this particular passage, these four seals, the first four seals, seem like things that could already be realized, uh, and things that could have already taken place historically. Yeah. Uh, then you get to the last three seals, and it's like mm, these things may not have these, these things may be closer to the imminent return of Christ, or at least mm. uh, the fifth seal appears to be something from a heavenly perspective because he's looking at uh, the uh, those who have been martyred uh waiting for their blood to be avenged that, that's that's an ongoing thing so you're just basically you're just looking at it from a different angle it's like the, mm-hmm. these are the this is what it looks like in heaven from the people who have been uh slaughtered during this period of time and and he's saying there's more there's more to come so uh and all this will be fully realized but uh but one the four seal was one that uh I, I just wanted to people say well how do you know that's historically done i just want to point out that we, there was a time this was the thing i wanted to seek out is that is there a historical record where uh, where these things took place, where death prevailed to, with uh, with sword, famine, plague, wild animals of the earth to where to the point that uh, a fourth of the earth was consumed by that? And actually, there was a period of time when, oh, when at least a fourth of the people died on the planet. A fourth of the population died during the Black Plague. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that time, all of these things were in effect. It was a time... When people were killed by the sword, literally, and by famine, and by plague, and by wild animals. So it was, so that is, I mean, uh, just think about it. If you're you're thinking, well, that's something that's going to happen, and there's never been anything like that that's happened before on the Earth. It's like, that's not true. There has been something that's happened like that Mm -hmm. on the Earth. Uh, and uh, and during that period of time, it was a very very dark, horrible time. In fact, in Europe, over half the people, some estimates, 60% of the people died mm-hmm. during that. Their population was so uh, had so much loss that it took you know it took over, uh, generations to recover yeah. the population at that period of time. It, it's hard for us to fathom that. Yeah, I mean, uh, like by instance, COVID, I think point one percent or something like that of yeah, the I, population I, affected by it.
1: I think it's crazy, like the comparison there, because we have, um, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine a plague that killed that many people.
0: Yeah, well, let's just take the last century, Spanish, because people compare COVID to the Spanish flu. Mm. Uh, the Spanish flu killed over forty million people worldwide. Mm-hmm. And COVID killed 6.8 million people. I think is what the estimate yeah. is right now. I mean, and just those two comparisons, and there were a lot fewer people on the planet mm-hmm. uh, when the Spanish flu occurred right. uh, than when COVID uh, broke out. So, so think of how it upset our world mm-hmm. for to have the inconvenience of wearing masks. A lot of people died that we didn't think we going to die. You know, mm-hmm. that weren't that died early because of yeah. uh, because of a disease. And and then you have to multiply mm-hmm. ten multi, you know, tenfold, and um, or at least you know, I'm trying to do the math in my head, fivefold, whatever. But yeah. the uh, but still, and then you go back to the Black Plague. Uh, think about a quarter of the Earth. We have what eight billion? Think of two billion people dying on mm-hmm. the planet because of an outbreak of a disease. A yeah,
1: much worse disease than COVID.
0: Yes, um, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And just uh, horrific deaths. It's just yeah. uh, and 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 no and no real solution in sight. Uh, so.
1: Is just put them away from everyone else and hope that you didn't catch it too. Right. It's
0: my my here's my thought process on Revelation is that I do I do tend to believe in a historic tribulation type of thing. I am a premillennial person. I believe Jesus will come back and then He will reign for a thousand years and uh, with the church. And uh, but uh, I think that uh, I think one of the things that uh, to keep in mind is that there are and I do think some of the things have happened or a type of things that have happened and and probably will happen again uh for the final time and and one of the things that revelation does is it uses babylon as kind of an example um, well a lot of people are like well he's actually talking about rome and not babylon but but and he may be but he could also be talking uh, what do you think uh, what do you think the largest empire ever in history is? You had to pick. Largest empire in history. You get just a few seconds.
1: Well, <laughs> I mean It'd be between the probably the, the I don't know I won't say Britain,
0: but yeah, that'd be correct. We'll just yeah. go that the British Empire is by far the largest empire ever yeah. on the planet and so forth. But we don't think of the British Empire as being evil or oppressive or whatever. Yeah, but it depends on who you are. It's were. Because we are on this side. <laughs> That's yeah. right. It depends. On, I mean, and and it's an odd uh, thing to say from people who rebelled against the British Empire yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and formed a country. Uh, but uh, the. Uh, Uh, but we just don't feel I think it's just because we are looking at it from a contemporary perspective or whatever. Mm. Uh it's kind of like the the Roman Empire today felt like they were doing good for yeah. the world and really bringing peace where there was chaos, uh but the people who were you know whose countries they took over yeah. uh, didn't feel so uh, strongly about that and Israel being one of those. Yeah. But uh, but the idea but the thing is is that it's it's cyclical. Babylon that's mm. what Babylon was doing. Babylon was bringing their culture upon people and their and they were kind of the first mm. to do that especially yeah. to God's people and and so you see that, but uh, but we see that incredible dynasty and that incredible mm. powerful kingdom and its demise. Mm. It doesn't exist anymore. I mean, and there's no not even remnants of it anymore. It was in Iraq, and uh, and you think of Baghdad was was mm. not close to uh, Bab- yeah. uh, uh, Babylon, but the uh, but you had that that was the that was the whole thing is that you have this great city, this rise and fall, and it doesn't even exist anymore. And God is saying that's that happens over and over and over mm. again. Uh, just like in Judges, or, or kind of a repeat and a repeat, and in Kings, or a repeat and a repeat. Um, in the same way, in Revelation, you have empires rise and fall. Mm-hmm. But there will come a time when an unholy empire where the Antichrist with a big A and the beast with a big B and mm-hmm. uh, all those people, will those real figures where mm-hmm. all the world will come together underneath mm-hmm. that government and receive that mark and so forth. There will come a time when that will happen and then that empire will fall and that will be it. Yeah. And then Jesus will return and then he will reign. Mm-hmm. And and that's the story that's unfolding. So, uh, so it's always going to be a – I can see – I can see the things happening in Revelation happening in our world today. Mm. That's because they are always happening. They've yeah. always been happening. Yeah. And they will continue to happen until Jesus comes. Mm. It's Jesus coming that is the culmination mm-hmm. of all of it. So that's that's what we look forward to. So yeah. I, I just say that to encourage people. You know, yes, if you identify somebody who you believe to be the Antichrist, they probably are the Antichrist or probably an Antichrist. Yeah. Uh and uh and but that doesn't mean they are the antichrist that is the end of everything
1: at the very least they're antichrist
0: yes and 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 the thing that jesus admonishes us to do is just be faithful we're just to be faithful to continue the task he does until he returns and when he returns uh then we're done but just keep doing the work stop trying to find reasons to stop doing the work or be distracted from it because that's what it becomes it becomes a major distraction from sharing the gospel with people so right so anyway, that's uh, that's all we're going to cover about that, and uh, and we will. Yeah, uh, if you we, missed
1: the questions, you missed your chance for. The that's questions. right,
0: exactly. You had an opportunity to ask more specific questions, but we'll deal with those. We uh, we got a great season coming up in season four of the Understanding Jesus podcast as we go through the Word of God again, and hopefully, uh, we look forward to some new guests and so forth and some exciting things yeah. to uncover yeah. as we read God's Word together.
1: Yeah, and every week we say, "Hey, you can join us this week. Just do it." This is truly the best time to start reading with us. So <laughs> Absolutely. Like, yeah. like, like we say it every week, it's the best time to start now.
0: Yes, that's but, right. But, but if you start January 1, we all start together and so forth. Yeah. And the reading plan is on our website, fbcj.us. Mm-hmm. If you attend First Baptist Jackson here in Jackson, Missouri, then uh, you can get that uh, that reading plan. Uh, <laughs> up close and in person. Yeah, uh, they, they, we it, send yeah. them out. So. If you go
1: on your phone, there's three dot three lines in the top corner. You click those and click resources. Yeah, and it has that under under resources. There's the Bible reading plan and it and um it the way that it's set up, I think it's pretty simple. That if you if you miss a day, uh, which which does happen, you you miss a day of reading, and then you then you go in and you 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 want to catch the next day. It's not so overwhelming that you can't catch up. Right.
0: So um but so if but if you don't catch up just stay on task with it and it may take you two years to read through the bible yeah. but if you stay with the reading plan when you finish it you will have read through the entire word of god exactly and so so just stay with it
1: yeah, yeah. and and uh, if you do follow along with us um we're hopeful that over the next little bit we'll um you can send in questions early you can send them in you can text us if you have our contacts or you can send it in you can email the church you can put it on the facebook page um yeah. but but we we want to go through those things, and um, not, not that we're wiser by um, yeah. by nature, but but um, but our hope is that we can help everyone else to understand yeah. the same. And things.
0: we have access to a lot of resources. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. I do have two master's degrees. So. I
1: know that's I, when I said that I was like,
0: I, <laughs> no, I, we, no, I mean, it's, but I'm i yeah. not saying that to me. I'm just saying I had yeah. a lot of school. Yeah. So it's not I, I've I've sat I've had I've been blessed to be under a lot of great teachers, and and so mm-hmm. I'm I but I but also we have access to a lot of resources and, and and have the time to look up answers that you don't have time to look up and yeah. and uh and have dealt with these things enough where we can maybe give you a lot of times when you google something you're like mm, I'm not sure I can trust that or not mm. and sometimes just having some people go mm, that person has no idea what they're talking about yeah. uh then uh we but you know anyway that's for what it's worth we just want to help guide you yeah. in your we want to help you in understanding Jesus. Yeah. That's, um, uh, so, so, anyway,
1: but... so please join us next year. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's yes. I... Thank you, Evan, so much yeah. for
0: being a part of this. And Austin, our engineer, and so forth. But we will hope everyone has a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and we will be back at the first of the year and, uh, as we begin a new season of Understanding Jesus. Yeah.